Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. Hello there, it's Gina Gardner here and I'm really pleased to be with you on Passionate World Radio. Uh, once again, I'm joined by Rachel Davidson, my good friend and the author of The Point of Me. Um, and today we're going to be exploring the whole issue around purpose. And it's a very interesting theme, and I think one that's much bigger than today's programme will give us an opportunity to, to explore. But I think before we start, it's probably quite useful, I think, to consider that Purpose is a word that we use in just so many different ways. If you think about doing things on purpose, often that's used as a pejorative thing. You've done that on purpose. You've deliberately done something. And usually when we use that, it, it's because somebody's done something we don't like. But I think there's an enormous strength in doing things purposefully, being mindful, those of you that have listened to our show before will be very familiar with the concept that 95% of the things that we do are habitual. They don't actually touch our conscious mind. We are not doing them purposefully or on purpose. They're happening. And that's fine when things are going well. Um, it's not so fine when we respond to something which has triggered uh, an emotion or a, a situation that's gone on before um, and we bite back, or we do things, and we do them mindlessly, mm -hmm. without any purpose. And so, I think to start with, it's about you know asking our our listeners, how consciously do you do things? How much of what you say or do, or don't say and do, is because it's because a habit. There's no actual purpose to what you're doing other than the fact it's something you've done before something comfortable yeah um and you know learning to live one's life purposefully mm. gives such a different quality to that life doesn't it yes definitely um yeah. that we have then the capacity to make active choices about how we want to be how we want to respond to people and the world around us yes and how um, actually determining the quality of our thinking, which in terms determines the quality of our emotions and our behaviour uh -huh. and our quality of life, our relationships, pretty well everything, really. Yes. Um, and so I think that you know, when you're talking about purpose, it's really important um, to understand that it's your choice. You have a choice how you live your life, how you speak, how you act, how you feel, really. Mm -hmm. um, and ultimately, being aware that it is your choice gives you such power, mm. doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I'm put in mind of Dolly Parton's, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but did she not say something along the lines of figure out who you want to be and then do it on purpose? Yes. <clears throat> and I think 
you know, it's interesting. I suspect quite a lot of our visit, uh, our listeners are are people who at some point would like promotion mm -hmm. or would like their business to be better or would mm -hmm. like their relationship to be better. Mm -hmm. And I think that theme that, you know, in order to get my promotion, for example, if I want to be that leader, well, rather than wait to the promotion to start behaving like a leader, start now. Be the promotion yes. long before you get it. It'll actually come more quickly. Yes. Be the great partner. Yes. Even if your partner's being challenging, yes. if you're the great partner, then you can often influence how they behave because you're responding differently and it's yes. that purposefulness yes. that makes a difference. So I think it's, you know, it's important to recognise that living your life on purpose mm -hmm. is really important, mm -hmm. but that's very different to living a life of purpose purpose isn't it yes although the two are connected but, absolutely but it, it is um it is easier to live your life on purpose uh, and less easy to live it with purpose yes i would say um on purpose is something that you can do at any age and you can teach very small children to yes. uh, to be aware of the consequences of their thought processes yeah. and so on. And I would say that that is much more about um, you know, cerebral brain and conscious thought and, and sort of a, a, a discipline of life, a, a discipline of approach uh, to be on purpose. But to lead a purposeful life yes. um, it is much deeper, much more soulful and much more meaningful um, thing to achieve and therefore um, harder, harder to know. It's an interesting one because many of my clients will come. It's often when people get to their, I would say, early 50s. Mm -hmm. They've uh, been successful at work. They've had a created, a, carved out a career. Yes. They have the material things in life. They've got the house. Yes. Um, usually they've got a family. Mm -hmm. um, and so they've satisfied all of those drivers that come when we are late teens, 20s and 30s, to mm. succeed. Yeah. And I'm using that word success in a very specific way. Yes, well, they, they will definitely have, have got that word in their head when they describe their achievements to you. They will be talking about that, that as a success because many people do believe that that is the point, is to be successful in that manner. And especially in the Western world where um, consumerism and capitalism encourage the acquiring of things to demonstrate success. That, that that's tends to be how we're brought up and told is the definition of a successful person. But interestingly, if you look at people who have, have been successful at, at every level in terms of, of how people measure it from the outside, you know, healthy bank balance, big car, big house, uh, an apparently successful family, yeah. that they will come and say, there's something missing. Yes. I don't feel fulfilled. Yes, I I wrote a character in in my book, The Point of Me, a key character who, on the face of it, is very successful. He's got lots of power at work, lots of money, um, lots of influence. Um, he gets to wield his massive intellect, and yet, um, on another, arguably, certainly, this was my point in writing the character. Um, on a much more important level, he's totally emotionally bankrupt. 
and um, and I enjoyed writing that character from that point of view because I really wanted to make the point that uh, for a lot of people he was the epitome of success and yet for the people that really mattered in the story I was writing he was useless. Yeah. <laughs> for me I think it's the balance between we call ourselves human beings mm. most of us are actually human doings. Yeah. That we're, we're, we feel good about ourselves because we can see outward measures of success yes. that are recognised by society as a whole. Yes. When it comes down to being um, satisfied with who we are yes. and having a sense that just as we are, we are enough, mm -hmm. then there seems to be a very significant mismatch for lots of people. Yes. And that they feel good about themselves when they're busy, busy, yeah. particularly if they're doing uh, things that give them accolades, recognition of whatever sort. Mm. But it's being used as a way to fill that space. Yes. And the problem is the second you stop being busy, that space feels as if it expands. Yes. yes. And I think the first layer, if you like, of, of, of having a life that is full of a sense of purpose is actually being comfortable, loving who you are. Mm. It's it's a really difficult journey. I, mean, I can see it in my teenage daughter who is just on the cusp of picking um, options to go forward and specialise in certain subjects in her uh, uh, secondary school. Um, and she is asking questions, therefore, because the pressure is being placed upon her to make choices of, well, what do I want to do in life? And, you know, she's age 13. Very early, isn't it? It is too very early. early. Um, too early. It's, it's quite. A, I mean, when I was going through a similar stage, I was at least two years later on. I think, uh, age fourteen, rising fifteen, when I had to make those choices, and I can remember still think think back then, thinking, I have no idea what what I want to do. What you know, but but the you know the education system is sort of trying to. I understand why it does this, but it's trying to say you know pick good pick good choices for what you want to learn in now because it will obviously influence what you go on to yeah. do in life. But on the other hand, at 13, she's she's questioning and feeling bad about herself because she doesn't want, know what she wants to do. And she's very jealous of people who in her peer group are saying, oh, I want to be a vet, and, and are being very firm about you know where, where they want to go. I want to be a doctor, I want to be this. And she comes back and she says, well, I, I don't know what I want to be. I don't but, know what I want to do. But isn't it interesting how we focus on the career? We focus on the doing, don't we? Yeah. Rather than, I'd like to be a loving, good person. There you go. So I'm very tempted in, to, to respond to her in those in those terms of saying, it, it doesn't really matter what you end up doing in life. It's it's the purpose that you've got behind it. That's, but these are, these are I often get dismissed as, oh, mum, stop talking to me about life <laughs> type of conversation. So I hesitate from lumping her with all of that but it is very true that really ideally what we ought to be talking to the youngsters about is what kind of person do you want to be what, but what it's are values that are important to you but it's interesting when you talk to people who are in their 50s or 60s or 70s and I've had clients mm. who come because they have this sense of emptiness despite having had a, a fulsome and successful mm. career that they ultimately recognize that there is something missing yeah and that something missing i think starts off with being a sense of self yes and then how do we fit into this broader world yes. what is our purpose because by ourselves yeah we have value yes lots of people don't recognize that but i think where that begins to be something that's very much more 
um, spiritual, if you like, is yeah. how do we impact on the world? Yes. And, you know, one of the things that people um, talk about is what's my legacy going to be? Yeah. You know, how am I going to leave this world? Um, how will people remember me? Yes. Because I think perhaps around 50 you start to be re- to recognise your own mortality, which is certainly generally yeah. don't in your teens yeah. 20s and 30s yeah you think you're invincible don't you yeah and that's that's uh, a natural cycle um of growing up isn't it and we talk about life stages and for me it's very closely linked to um the um the seven stages of spiritual life yes um and but, we've spent quite a lot of time discussing that over it. the time haven't we? <laughs> we do but um but essentially, there are definite moments as you're growing up, as you're maturing, um, as you are connecting to your humanity, um, as you, you know, even as a baby, that moment when you realise that that you are an individual is a is a definite. There's not just a sort of a psychological thing going on there. There's for me, there's a you know, there's a spiritual level of 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 uh, progress and therefore the purpose of of life on earth in in that sense. So. There are definitely moments where you, where you come and, and you realise that all of that ego pushing forward, that sort of, what will I be in the world? And it's all about you and, and the acquiring of stuff. So we've spoken about, you know, I've got the big house, I've got the cars, I've got the family, I've, I've got everything that um, the accoutrements of a successful life. And yet I still need something more. And that's that's a definite phase. And some people, you know, hit it early, early 40s. Some people will get to it yes. later, but the, but I think everybody will go through that that sense of questioning, and and that's that is about ultimately as humanity we're put on this earth not just to acquire and use stuff we're put here to to be and to um to to give out. Isn't it interesting? Because if you look at people through history who have certainly um, given the message that they have true fulfilment people like Mother Teresa, you know, it's done and it's there is nothing about material goods at all. It is about, for them, that their purpose has been found through service to others. What was it? What's the quote from the Bible? It is harder for a rich man to pass through the eye of a needle than, than to enter the gates of heaven. And I think that is a message um, to, to for people to consider the fact that acquiring stuff is great and... And definitely, you know, if you want to do it, it's brilliant. If you don't want to do it, it's also fine. But it's not the whole point. You will get to a point, and even even sitting on many millions, trillions of dollars, you're still actually, at the end of the day, going to end up at the same place as the poorest, poorest man. Absolutely. You can't take anything. There's no pockets in shrouds, as another no, say. No. And isn't it interesting that many of the very, very wealthy people in the world, Bill Gates, for example, mm have recognised that actually it money in and of itself mm. is nothing. It's what you do with it. Yes. And how can you make a difference yes. um, within the world? Now, do you need to have loads of money in order to make a difference? No. No, you don't. <laughs> you can make a difference to everybody. I mean, even something as simple as smiling at people yes. and making contact with your neighbours. There was a, a television programme on a couple of days ago um, and you know, people had lived in the same road for 20, 30 years. 
they didn't know the name of the person who lived at the back of their garden, mm. at the you know next door but one. Mm. And there was a, a crisis around pest control, right? Which brought everybody together, and suddenly they were talking. And you know, yes. there were two neighbours who had lived next door to each other for thirty-seven years. Wow. And they had never spoken. Wow, okay. And their fences adjoined each other. Right. And I think we live, a lot of us, particularly in the Western world, live in a society where we've lost contact with how important it is that other people and how we uh, interact with other people is. We're yes. so busy being busy yes. that it's very, very easy to, to lose that. But yeah. what a difference that makes when you do make a contact with and somebody else. If you think about the more sort of natural tribal beginnings of, of human society, where um, people nav navigated towards their innate skills and therefore that was their purpose and they lived in a very close-knit community. Well, you, you couldn't survive, could you, if no. you didn't live in a, in a close-knit community? Yeah. Survival was impossible. Yeah. You couldn't gather food, you couldn't protect yourself, exactly. you couldn't procreate. Yes. Um, and so the most devastating thing that anybody could do to a person was to say you're banished. Exactly. Because that was certain death. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they know in Western medicine, they know that people who live isolated lives mm. have all sorts of immune problems, that their, their blood pressure is likely to be higher, mm. their life expectancy is definitely less. Mm. So, you know, the interesting thing for me is that we've, we've got more information than we have ever had available mm -hmm. to us. Yes. We know the importance of these things. And yet I would say that the sense of dissatisfaction, of loneliness, yes. of feeling, is this it? What's the point? Yes. Has never been higher. Because I ultimately believe that everybody's purpose for, for life here is to develop compassion and connection. Yeah, and, and to take the whole human race forward with compassion and love. And and no matter what you end up doing and, and what your particular tool is, and that goes down to, well, you know, you've got skills in this particular area, I think ultimately that, that, that movement of compassion and love uh, and connection is really what everybody's purpose is. It's very easy for me to sort of sit and say that, because, um, you know, reality of life is much harder and and you end up having to figure out how to do stuff. But I think ultimately that, that that's what we were put here for. I think that's true. And I think a, a number of levels, whatever you do um, pretty well, although there are probably some professions where it might be more difficult to um, create that sense, is doing it to the best of your ability and to to recognise that you can be loving and compassionate to not only people but to the environment, to animals, to, you know, to humanity as yeah. a whole. And if you look at what's going on in the world, we live at, mm. in incredibly troubled times, don't we? Yes. You know, yes. You, every night you watch the news and you see that in some part of the world there is difficulty. Mm. Um, and I think lots of people think, well... I can't influence that. Mm -hmm. So if I can't yeah, influence yeah. that, what value do I have? Yeah. And I think that for us, it, it's ultimately, there are things that we can influence, first and foremost ourselves. Yes. And then we can influence our immediate circle. Mm. But I think one of the things that 
fascinates me is there's now more and more um, experiments. I think it's Lynn Taggart who has done experiments where she's got large groups of people to meditate. Yeah. And in the places where they have meditated, the crime whilst they're meditating and yes. for a little while after, yes. the crime rate's gone down. Yes. The uh, the number of people you know suffering um, sudden illness has gone down. Mm. And you have to ask yourself, mm. well, is there any other reason why that would happen mm. other than you had large numbers of people whose intent was loving? Yes. Yeah. Um, and... I think you know we lose sight of our actions, our thoughts. All of those have an energetic mm. um, message mm. that gets um, sent out there. And you know, by managing ourselves in a particular way, we can influence what mm. goes on. But I can hear my teenage daughter sort of in my in my head here, sort of saying, "Well, that's all very well and, and good, Mum, but but how do I figure out what to do? And what do you say when you've got clients who come to you and say, "I feel purposeless. How do I how do I identify what's going to give me that meaning in life?" I think first and foremost, people have to recognise that they are enough as they are, mm. creating that relationship with themselves um, where they simply simply it's simple and it's very complex yeah. but where they recognize that just as they are wobbly bits and all flaws and all that we are actually a reflection of god we are um we are a perfect um machine if you like mm. you know how many people think about you know, I must replace the cells in my nails or my skin <laughs> or, you know, I, yeah. I, unless you've got a breathing problem, most of us don't give breathing a thought. Yeah. You know, yeah. our digestive system as we eat, you know, breakfast, we don't think I must send a message to my, my stomach yeah. and say, yeah. you know, pulverise it and create <laughs> no. the child and so on. We are the most amazing mm. uh, piece of kit, really, mm so complex mm. but we take it for granted mm. and yeah. then you know the recognition that we actually do have power over our thoughts mm. if we choose to have mm. and of course it takes a bit of practice because people have got into the habit of not and breaking habits is hard yeah but it, it's worth it but what i find fascinating if you look at little children yeah. tiny children toddlers yeah, babies yeah. and toddlers they're very conscious of the world around them mm -hmm. they're curious they're playful mm. They don't spend time asking their parents, does my bottom look big in my nappy? You know, are my thighs chunky? Mm. Do you love me? They mm. just take it as red, don't they? Yes. yes. Something happens um, as children get older and have exposure to yeah. other people that they yeah. suddenly start to compare themselves and find themselves wanting. Yes. And, and that is a necessary part. That is definitely part. I don't believe anybody goes through life without having those moments of doubt and trouble and contemplation but that's where the growth happens and because, exactly because because in those cracks the light comes in and you get to choose because you do have control of your thoughts you do get to choose the kind of person that you want to be and the kind of person that is going to do and in that questioning of what am I going to do what am I going to be um, is where your growth as as a person, uh, as a valuable person to 
to yourself and to the community and at, at large, that's where it happens. That is part, the part of growing up. So for me, the first and the most important thing is to give people, and this can happen when you're 10 or a teenager, I've got clients where we're starting this at age 60, yeah. where it's beginning to create a relationship with themselves, yeah. where it's built on self-confidence, yeah. not about ego, it's not about I'm, you know, I've got, in order for me to feel good about myself, I've got to be better than you, yes. it's about I can feel good about myself because I happen to be me. Yes. And one of the things I find very interesting is that when you ask people to give you a, you know, give me five things that you really like about yourself, mm. they'll often struggle. Yeah. Ask them to find five things that, that they don't like about themselves and they'll give you a list of 573 things. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, so part of, of, of it, in the first instance, having a sense of true purpose is to be comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. And, and I think there are people on this earth that do get... Uh, comfortable like that and they tend to be thought of as, as geniuses and, and prodigies I mean I'm thinking of um, Mozart um, oh well actually I'm going to disagree with you because oh. I don't think Mozart uh, was comfortable with himself oh. and I think that's one of the reasons why his lifestyle was oh. as it was mm -hmm. this is not about it it's this is not about intellect right okay yeah. you know, your intellect is part of it, and you may be very pleased with your intellect mm. or not, mm. but it's about recognising that whoever you are, mm. whatever your intellectual value, your um, business value, mm. you have a value in and of yourself. Mm. And that, you know, the way in which you live your life, if you live your life with purpose, yeah. and that you recognise that you can make a difference not only to yourself, yeah. But to others, yeah. I think that's where being comfortable in your own skin and having a sense that you're living a life of purpose yeah. um, comes very strongly to the fore. Yeah. Yeah. For me, and listeners may disagree, but for me, living a life of, of purpose yes. includes... Um, being of service. Yes, yeah. That if you you can be purposeful as an individual, yeah. but it's in the how you respond, how you interact with other people, what yes. you see as, as doing things that will help or make other people yeah. um, feel better about themselves. Yeah. Whether it's people or animals or you, your passion is the environment and mm. that you want to do something to leave the world in a better place than it was mm. um, when you arrived. But how did you come to that clarity of this is my purpose? Then when I am of service, I feel good about myself and I feel fulfilled and that my life has meaning. How did you come to that? I think it's a number of levels and I think it's important that I make the, per the point that it's not about my life only has purpose if and when I'm doing things for other people. Yeah. Because I think there are some who whose own needs are completely consumed by the needs of others because yes. that's how they feel good about themselves. Yes. And that's why you have to start with being comfortable with who you are, and, liking and, and loving who you are and first. And being balanced in your yeah. approach. Yeah. Um, so once you are doing that, and they're not, uh, I do this and then I do that, I think mm. they run concurrently. Yeah. Um, but then when you're doing service for other people, that you're making a difference to other people, that's when... 
I think you can get a huge sense of I'm on track. Yeah. This feels fulfilling. It, it there's a rightness about this yes. that fills me up. Yes. And in my filling myself up, I can use the overflow. And I think that's where the difference comes yeah, between yeah. being of service in order to feel good for me, mm. you're using your inner resources. Mm. Being uh, of service and feeling good about yourself is mm. about using your overflow mm. so it never runs out and you don't yeah. run yourself ragged and dry. Yeah. Um, so for me, some of that has been experience and I've been very privileged that all my working life has been around helping to empower other people and that's mm. always given me a huge sense of, of mm. fulfilment. It's, some of it's come from uh, studying and modelling other people and looking mm. at what they've done and, and taking on some of their experience. Mm, being inspired and admiring, yeah. Some of it is just trial and error that things, yeah. some things that you know that I've tried don't have any impact or actually don't make me feel good at all or yeah. don't make me feel good in the sense of fulfilled and I think it's important yes. to be very clear about yes uh, you know, people can eat a cream cake or go shopping or take drugs and they feel good in and of that moment I'm talking about sustained yeah a more lasting a more deep meaningful and for me I suppose it's been part of my spiritual journey which is mm. just really in its infancy I think it's mm. a you know a lifelong uh, thing that recognizing that uh, there is a, a higher power mm. now whether people think that higher power is through religion mm -hmm. or through faith or through a sense of wonder that's down to the individual but yep. but for me I I believe passionately that you know a lot of the work that I do I'm tapping into something that's much more powerful than me yes and if I get out of the way then yes that sense of intuition that sense of you know yep. understanding empathy. what's needed empathy all yep. of those things yep. comes from having that connection yeah and and people will talk about you know their higher self the the highest version of themselves and that has meaning in a spiritual sense as as well as just in a day-to-day -day sense yes. of you know be the best that you can be and all these sort of aspects yes. and Stuff. I, I was um, reading a blog by a chap called Paul Dunn, who's a very interesting um, guy in and of himself. Um, his blog was um, about talking into your smartphone every morning. The first question you ask yourself when you get up is, I am getting up today to do. I am getting up today to be. And in doing that on a regular basis, you, you whittle it down to actually, what is, what is it, the, the point... What do you get to do in your life that gives you that joy, gives you that yes. sense of being sustained, of being fulfilled, and therefore being capable of compassion and connection? Yeah. And slowly your purpose starts to become clear yeah. if, if you do that. on. A... But it's a hard one to do. It, it is. is. And, and it I, changes. And I think it's a theme that we'll revisit because there's so much that we could talk about here. And we, when yeah. we discussed the programme, we were going to talk about uh, your sense of purpose in business and we've run out of time. So. Out of time. Um, thank you very much for, for being with us today. Um, if you would like a, um, Rachel's book, The Point of Me, that's available on Amazon. Um, a free download of, of my book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment. And there's much more around purpose and fulfillment in the book. Um, if you go um, to um, www.thrivetribe.com, um, forward slash radio then you'll find um, uh, the opportunity to download the book for free 
loads of free resources on the website, which is www.genuinely-u.com. So thank you so much for joining us today, and I look forward to seeing you um, very soon. Thank you. Bye now. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-u.com today to find out more.